your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 335 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. And the Rangers, of course, coming off of just a fantastic, dominant display against the New Jersey Devils. They come away with a 4-0 home victory in the Garden Back-to-back shutouts for Igor Shesterkin, the first two shutouts of his NHL career. It was a long time coming. He's obviously been very good uh, with the Rangers, really, ever since he made his debut. Uh, Took him a little while to get that first shutout, but now he's got two in his last two games. And, you know, it wasn't one of those games where he had to stand on his head and just made dazzling save after unreal save, after jaw-dropping save, or anything like that. But you know what? A 16-save shutout is still a 16-save shutout. And like I said, this is really one of the most complete wins that the Rangers have had all season. You saw the second line just absolutely explode in this game. Colin Blackwell had three assists. Artemi Panarin another big night. Ryan Strom and Panarin, I mean, those two were feeding each other all night long. And, you know, just really a, a strong performance all around. Uh, Ryan Lindgren, he gets his first goal of the season. That had been a long time coming as well. I will take some credit because I feel like uh, I kind of picked up on this early last season, not necessarily early, but maybe about midway through last season, where I said that, you know, I think Ryan Lindgren has a little bit more offensive skill than we might realize initially, and he's gotten a lot of assists this season, but obviously this was his first goal, so it was really nice to see him uh, bury an opportunity there, gave the Rangers a 2 nothing lead in the first period, and then I guess you know, this was the only kind of bummer moment of the night, I suppose, because in the third period, the Rangers were up 4 to nothing. About midway through the third, it looks like Vitaly Krasov has scored his first NHL goal, and unfortunately, the Devils challenge and the play was ruled offside correctly so, so just kind of a bummer. Uh, it was kind of funny, you know, Krasov just kind of smiled and shrugged his shoulders at that point, because, I mean, what are you going to do? But, uh, yeah, that was really the only, I wouldn't even call it a hiccup, it was just a goal that correctly got overturned, but that was kind of the only uh, downer of the night, so to speak. It was just, again, just a complete fantastic win for this team. The penalty kill was on point all night. I don't remember the Devils really getting any opportunities on the man advantage. And I think it's really important when you're playing a team that is not as good as you, and I think the Devils certainly qualify uh, comparing the Rangers to the Devils. You could throw the Sabres in there too. And of course, you know, the Rangers are only playing teams in the Eastern Division this year. But it's really important to just kind of get the jump on these teams. And of course, you know, you could say, well, that's something you want to do every game. And that's very true. But, you know, if the Devils or the Sabres, if they get down early in games, they're not really built to come from behind either one of those teams. And I think sometimes a team can fall into like, oh, God, here we go again. And, you know, the Rangers, just 12 minutes into this game, were leading the Devils 3 to nothing at that point. But as we all know, getting off to slow starts has occasionally been something of an issue for the Rangers this year. You know, it seems like there's certain games where it takes them 8, 10, 12 minutes, maybe even the entire first period, to really get going, really put their best foot forward. And obviously that was not the case here. There was no slow start. They kind of skipped the whole feeling out process and the whole, you know, okay, what kind of game is this going to be? They just dictated terms right from the opening faceoff, basically skated circles around the Devils the entire night. I don't think there was a single moment in this entire game where you could look at the Devils and say, okay, they're outplaying the Rangers, you know, at this juncture. You can't even find like a one or two minute period in this entire game where that was the case, where the Devils seemed to have the better at play. And again, you know, I've 
mentioned this a couple times, but I'm kind of keeping track of what I think are the best Ranger wins of the season and also the worst Ranger losses. And I think at the end of the season, what we'll do is we'll have a top 10 best Ranger wins and maybe just the top five worst Ranger losses. But this one's going to be up there. And especially if the Rangers end up making the playoffs, because man, I mean, this, the Raiders just looked like a team that was fully aware tonight of, you know, where they are in the standings and what they need to do and how desperate they need to play and how critical these games are right now. Uh, They just came out flying. Cannot say enough about the effort that the Rangers put forward in this game here tonight. The only kind of downer is the fact that the Bruins, it looks like they're going to win. They're leading the Islanders 3-1 to pretty late in the third period there. And uh, the Flyers and the Penguins are tied at 1 late in the third period. That one's not quite as important because the Rangers are ahead of the Flyers. But I think if you're a Ranger fan, you certainly uh, would pull for the Penguins to win that game. But yeah, we got a lot to talk about here. I mean, again, we're just kind of scratching the surface. Obviously, another shutout for Sisterkin. We'll talk about how the Rangers might look to play the goalie situation over the weekend. And we'll just kind of get into all the big highlights from this game in just a second here. Going to go through all the goals, all that fun stuff. Let's have some fun in this episode. Rangers, obviously, with a very convincing, very dominant win over their rival New Jersey Devils. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. Ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece, they're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10 This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight, and fairly priced, so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring that she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So the Islanders have indeed lost to the Boston Bruins by a final score of 4-1. to It sounds like it's one of those games where the Islanders just didn't really show up, so... Thanks, Islanders. Really appreciate it. Um, And it looks like the Flyers and Penguins are about to go into a shootout. So uh, I'll update you guys. I mean, some of you might know by the time that you're hearing this episode, but I'll update you guys anyway on the final score there when it does indeed go final. And getting back to this Ranger game, first goal, again, just 47 seconds into the action, scored by Jacob Truba, just a blistering slap shot from the blue line. And you kind of forget about this a little bit. Now, Truba has been shooting a little bit more often recently, But up until, you know, the past few games, you kind of forget that Jacob Truba has this in his arsenal, that he has this blistering slap shot that he can just unleash at any time. And I, for one, would like to see him do it more often. I think some of them are going to find their way into the back of the net like this one did. Uh, But this was far from, uh, you know, a one-man goal here. All five players on the ice uh, contributed to the Rangers scoring this goal. You had Ryan Strome making an excellent pass out of his own zone through the neutral zone to Artemi Panarin. Panarin gains the blue line, but he's got to wait for other players to kind of catch up and uh, join the rush here. So he stops. He kind of turns his back to the Devils. The Devils are trying to get the puck away. He would have none of it. He passes to Ke'Andre Miller. Now, Miller takes a shot from kind of the high slot area. The save is made. Mika Zibanja gets to the puck, and it's looking like like he might try to stuff it into the net short side, but instead he sends a backhand pass across the crease to Colin Blackwell, and then Blackwell with just kind of a short pass to Jacob Truba, and Truba winds back, takes a slap shot, and just absolutely buries it. One nothing Rangers, and obviously that was a game-long lead for the Blue Shirts. 
And to just kind of correct myself, I mentioned that Truba uh, shot from the blue line. Not so. He was actually at the top of the right faceoff circle. So he was in kind of deep there, kind of anticipating the pass. And, you know, again, just unleashing an absolute snipe and giving the Rangers the early lead. And the second goal was also a thing of beauty in another situation where really everybody on the ice contributed to it. Uh, the Rangers gain entry. Colin Blackwell plays it around the boards on the left side. And uh, Ryan Strom just tips the puck, but really he kind of just lets it go by him. Gets to Adam Fox also along the boards on the right side. Fox centers it for Artemi Panarin. And then Panarin leaves the puck for Ryan Lindgren. And Lindgren was smart here. He knew he didn't have to shoot right away. He had a little bit of space. He could move a little bit closer to the net. And that's exactly what he did unleashes a shot and gets his first goal of the season. Like we talked about in the intro, it's been a long time coming for Ryan Lindgren, uh, just turning into really a great player for this New York Ranger team. Somebody who, uh, you know, going into last season, nobody was really talking about him all that much, got the opportunity, took the bull by the horns, and is now uh, just an absolute fixture of this Ranger rebuild. Uh, playing with Adam Fox, I'm sure, uh, does not hurt either, but... You know, Ryan Lindgren's been fantastic and a really physical player. He laid a couple of big hits on some of the players on the Devils in this game as well. And uh, just really nice to see him get rewarded with his first goal of the season. He was feeling it, man. He was fired up after he scored this goal here. So that was obviously really cool to see. And the Rangers up 2 to nothing, less than seven minutes into the action. By the way, I really don't think we can go a minute longer without talking about what a dominant night this really was for the Rangers' second line. Of course, that being Artemi Panarin, Ryan Strom, and Colin Blackwell. Colin Blackwell just continues to really just amaze. I mean, there was just... It was impossible to see this coming. You know, there, there was no way that anyone could have anticipated this from Colin Buckle. He picks up another three assists in this game tonight. And Artemi Panarin, just another night at the office, two goals and one assist. And Ryan Strom with two assists. He got the primary helper on each of the two goals that were scored by Artemi Panarin. And Panarin almost returned the favor. I think this happened in the second period. But there was an instance where Panarin passed across the ice to his left to Ryan Strom. And I mean, as this play is developing, you're thinking goal. Because the Rangers, again, the entire team, but this line especially, firing on all cylinders, and this had goal written all over it. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood actually made a pretty nice save moving to his right, fully extended his right arm, got a blocker on it, so kind of robbed Strom there. And so what was already an enormous night for the second line could have been even bigger uh, had Strom been able to finish there. But either way, I mean, just fantastic performance from these three guys here. And uh, Colin Blackwell, you know, you go from just a complete afterthought, a guy that's only played 33 career NHL games at the age of 27, to now being not only in the top six, but playing on the same line as Artemi Panarin, and even Ryan Strom to a lesser degree. So, I mean, God, I mean, he, he's, he's living his dreams this season. I mean, it really is cool to see. And you know what's going to happen, though, right? Because everybody for so long said that, well, you know, Ryan Strom, his numbers are only that good because he's out there playing with Artemi Panarin. Yeah, people are probably going to start saying that about Colin Blackwell at some point, too. But you know what? Even if that is the case, who cares? He got an opportunity. He took advantage of it. There were other guys who had chances to take the bull by the horns there and maybe claim that spot in the second line. They had Capo Caco there for a while. Alexi Lafreniere was there for a while. Uh, they moved some guys up and down the lineup. I think, you know, there might have been a brief time where I know Panarin and, and Buchnevich were on the same line at a certain time. I don't know if that was technically the second line or not, but whatever. You know, the bottom line is there was a little bit of a revolving door as far as the right wing second line spot is concerned, and Colin Blackwell's with the guy that's finally stuck there. So again, can't say enough about the job that he's done. And Artemi Panarin, I mean, we just take it for granted at a certain point, but I mean, the guy's just unreal. I said this not that long ago. Every single time that man has the puck on his stick, it is a scoring opportunity for the New York Rangers. I don't care where he is. I don't care how many defenders are all over him. I don't care how much it looks like there's there's nowhere to go with the puck. He'll find a way. And uh, God, I mean, it's just so cool that the Rangers have Artemi Panarin. I realize I'm oversimplifying it. 
But man, I mean, you talk about uh, just an unbelievable pickup before last season. He has been as advertised and then some for this New York Ranger team and would probably be once again in the thick of the MVP race if he didn't have to miss all those games due to those uh, what certainly seem to be bizarre allegations and just completely bogus allegations against him. I believe the final count was about 11 games missed for Artemi Panarin. So yeah, man, I'd, I'd love to see what his stats would be looking like right now if he had played in all those games. But either way, uh, just absolutely one of the most valuable players in this league. And while we're talking about the second line, we might as well just go ahead and talk about the third goal here as well. Uh, Two-on-one for Stroman Panarin. And, you know, the way they were clicking tonight, they were not going to uh, miss on this opportunity. But basically what happens, Strom takes control of the puck in his own zone, just explodes up the ice, up the right side. And as we mentioned, goes in with Panarin on the two-on-one. Strom dishes to his left, and Panarin winds back and just tattoos a one-timer into the twine. Three to nothing Rangers. And it's funny because Panarin, he kind of stopped during the rush, and it looked like Strom knew exactly what he was going to do. He kind of broke stride and was kind of at the edge of the left face-off circle there and near the top of the left face-off circle, and just, you know, he was looking for the pass. Strom put it right on the tape, and uh, like we said, Panarin winds back, cranks the one-timer, 3 nothing Rangers just 12 minutes into the game. So, yeah, I mean, they're off and running at this point. And, you know, something else that really kind of stands out on a play like this to me is how many speed demons this New York Ranger team truly has. I mean, because Strom is a guy you don't even really think about in that regard. I mean, you don't—we know that he's fast, but, I mean, he was flying on this play, it must be said. And— you know, Strom, that's one. You've also got Panarin. He can fly. Zabanajai can fly. Kreider can fly. Colin Blackwell, you know, we're finding out that he has really good speed as well. I'm probably even forgetting a couple guys. Filipito. Filipito can, he's an absolute speed demon out there. So uh, it's a team that has a lot of speed, and obviously that's a lot of fun to watch, especially on a night like this where, you know, everything just clicks. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Be a waiver wire winner with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Colin gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long Dynasty and DFS leagues. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. By the way, the Flyers just finished off a 2-1 to shootout win over the Penguins. So thanks, Pittsburgh. Really appreciate it. Thanks for showing up tonight. Thanks for knocking off the Flyers, a team that's struggling. Apparently, you can't beat them, but... Yeah, you know, it is what it is. You know, the Rangers just have to keep moving forward. And really, uh, the Rangers are probably, uh, all of us and the Rangers themselves, probably more concerned, well, first of all, with what they're doing themselves, but secondly, with what Boston's doing. Because as long as the Rangers keep winning, uh, they control their own destiny as far as the Flyers are concerned. The Flyers won't be able to catch them. And I've been saying this, but I really do believe if the Rangers end up catching the Bruins and passing them and, and taking over fourth place, I get the feeling that the Flyers will still be behind the Rangers. I don't think they'll necessarily be all that close because it will indicate if the Rangers do pass the Bruins, you know, they're still four points behind them. So if they pass them, then all indications are that the Rangers are playing some darn good hockey, which is what they've been doing lately and what they're going to need to continue to do if they pass the Bruins. But back to this game here. 
I figure we already talked about the Rangers' first three goals. We might as well talk about the fourth one, too. Another just thing of beauty and another uh, link-up between Ryan Strom and Artemi Panarin. First of all, uh, Colin Blackwell attempts to shoot the puck from kind of the top of the right face-off circle, and he broke his stick on the play. So the puck went nowhere near where Blackwell was trying to put it. It went you know, behind the goal line, off the boards, bounced off the side of the net, but Ryan Strom went in there, crashed the net, got the puck, threw it back in front to Artemi Panarin, uh, passing to his left, and... Uh, Panarin's not going to miss this. Nobody on the Rangers is going to miss this one, I don't think. Uh, wide open net, basically. He stuffs it in, and the Rangers score. And, you know, we talked about Blackwell earlier and how, you know, he's living his best hockey life this season and, you know, just really enjoying this breakout after being, uh, you know, just an obscure player in this league and somebody who's barely even had a cup of coffee at the NHL level. You know you're living right when you get an assist on a play where you broke your stick. And not only that, but you're actually on your way back to the bench to either uh, get a new stick or maybe just go off for a line change. And while this is happening, Panarin scores and you pick up an assist. So, yeah, Colin Blackwell, somebody the break's finally starting to go his way. And again, there's not anything else I can say about the second line. They were just absolutely phenomenal in this game. Anybody who watched it, you guys know what I'm talking about. And to kind of call back to the last episode, we did a crossover edition with Trey Matthews from Locked on Devils, and he does a fantastic job with his show. Uh, definitely recommend that as well. Always a good time recording a crossover episode with Trey. But one of the predictions that I made for this game, other than just, you know, the Rangers winning, was that I thought that the kid line would account for one goal. And alas, they did not do that. I still thought it was a pretty solid night for the kid line. I mean, obviously, everybody was overshadowed a little bit by the Rangers' second line in this game as much of a team performance as it was. You know, the second line just kind of stole the spotlight in this one. But something that I've noticed with the kid line, it was apparent when they scored uh, that blue-collar goal that I talked about in the last episode. There was a game uh, not too long ago where the third line, the kid line was out there. You had Hedl, you had Lafreniere, you had Kako, and they really just did a nice job keeping possession of the puck, uh, winning some board battles, working hard to keep the play alive, and then, you know, a wild scramble in front of the net, and Alexi Lafreniere stuffs it home. Uh, so that was nice to see them get a blue-collar goal, but I'm noticing a couple of shifts. I noticed it especially in the first period here tonight where it seems like the kid line, uh, they're doing a really nice job and a better job than they were doing when they were first put together of exactly what I just described. Maintaining possession of the puck, uh, being a little bit tougher along the boards. There was one or two shifts in the first period where the kid line had the puck, and, and granted, they didn't score and maybe didn't even create any, you know, A-plus scoring chances, but they were just maintaining possession in the devil's zone, and that can tire a team out. You know, they're chasing these kids all over the ice, and they can't get the puck away from them. That happened at least twice in the first period in this game, so that was nice to see, and again, I know they didn't crack the score sheet tonight. I know that a lot of Ranger fans uh, would like and also maybe expect Kako and Lafreniere, especially their offensive numbers, to be a little bit higher than they are right now, but they are playing better hockey. You know, you can see these guys getting better and better on a game-by-game -game basis, and you just got to hope that it continues because if this line can finally start clicking, can finally start putting the puck in the net, again, on a more consistent basis, then look out. I mean, because the Rangers right now seem to be firing on all cylinders, and if this line can really get it going as far as the scoring touch is concerned, that's when the Rangers become a very dangerous team down the stretch here, and uh, the Bruins will want to have eyes in the back of their heads at that point. Something else that I definitely want to talk about here tonight is uh, the Rangers in the third period really kind of mixing up their lines a little bit. It looked like David Quinn just kind of hit the shuffle button and, you know, just different players out there with different line mates. And uh, the reason I didn't have any issues with this, and you guys know, anybody who's listened to this show for any amount of time, you guys know that for the most part, I've very much been a David Quinn supporter. I think there are a lot of players who are developing under his watch, despite what you might hear on Twitter at times, but... 
the one thing that he has come under fire for some Ranger fans for, and, and even me, you know, I, there have been times where I feel like Quinn does this too much. He does tend to mix up his line combinations a little too much. You know, if if the Rangers get off to a rough start, everybody's on a different line five or six minutes into the game, and, uh, you know, you aren't really able to build chemistry when that's the case. But the reason I didn't have a problem with this, and the reason I actually like this, Quinn kind of shuffling the lines in the third period, you know, there might be some people who hear that, and it's like, well, the Rangers are up 4 nothing. Why would you mess with their lines and, 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 you know, upset the apple cart, so to speak? But that's just it. The Rangers were absolutely dominating this game to the point that I don't think any combination of forwards that they could have put together on this night would have screwed it up, especially with only 20 minutes to go in the game, a game that you're winning 4 nothing, and a game where, again, the Devils produced just 16 shots on goal and had very few scoring opportunities to speak of. They weren't going to come back from that. I mean, never say never, but 4 nothing, the Rangers leading by that score in this game in the, in the third period, uh, that's about as safe of a lead as it feels like they've had all year, except for maybe the 9 nothing game. But... Yeah, I mean, again, I, I had no problems with this. It's kind of uh, an interesting time to mix the lines, but when he did it, I felt like I completely understood it as soon as they kind of the announcers made mention of him uh, shuffling the lines a little bit. And just to throw out some of the line combinations that they were using here, you had a line with Philip Heedle centering Brett Howden and Chris Kreider. So that was kind of interesting. I mean, I suppose... You know, again, I know Howden, it's, it is what it is. You know, he hasn't produced the way the Rangers were obviously hoping he would produce when they made the trade that sent... Miller and McDonough to Tampa Bay, uh, but I suppose in a game like this, it is good to get him off the fourth line, get him out there with some guys that are, uh, you know, scoring threats in Heedle and Kreider, and uh, just give him a little bit of run. I mean, I don't think it hurts anything to do that. Then you also had Panarin was out there with Zibanejad and Blackwell, and Panarin and Zibanejad, you know, I've made no secret of this either. I like the fact that the Rangers typically use the two of them on opposite lines because, you know, ever since, uh, well, really the start of this podcast, the Rangers have been kind of a top-heavy team. So I like the idea of spreading out your two best players, your two superstars, and allowing them to elevate the game of those guys around them. Uh, but it is good to uh, give them some work together at even strength because they do play together on the power play. But it is good to also get them some work at even strength because you never know when you might have to go back to that. You never know when uh, certain circumstances might dictate a change and Panarin and Zibanejad have to be out there together. So that was cool to see uh, Panarin and Zibanejad getting a little bit of run together. And then uh, you had Ryan Strom with Artemi Panarin and Chris Kreider. And I think the idea behind this one is Let's see if we can try to get Chris Kreider going a little bit. Kreider's in one of his slumps right now, just can't seem to put the puck in the net. Uh, it is what it is with Kreider. This is what we sign up for. As Ranger fans who have been watching this team for however long we might have been watching this team, I think we're pretty aware of the fact by now that uh, Chris Kreider is a very streaky player. When he's when he's feeling it, he's as good as anybody in hockey. When he's not feeling it, you know, he goes... It, it's tough sledding. He goes through these slumps and uh, just can't seem to score and, and can't really seem to contribute offensively. Uh, he almost scored in this game, though, because Artemi Panarin, again, I mean, he was on fire tonight even for him, but he made a really nice pass across the ice. I think it was at the tail end of a power play, and Kreider was there. He was moving toward the net, and I think the devil defenseman just barely got his stick on the puck to kind of deflect it away, but that was looking like it had goal written all over it as well, but I do like the fact that Kreider got some run with Stroman Panarin, just looking to get him going in a game, once again, that the Rangers were already leading 4 nothing, and it seemed pretty obvious that they were going to win. There was no reason not to do this, to try to get Chris Kreider rolling a little bit, so I really like that line combination, uh, given the circumstances when that line was put together. And then you also had Vitaly Krasov out there with Pavel Buchnevich and Mika Zibanejad. And this is when it looked like Krasov scored his first NHL goal. But, of course, uh, the Devil's Challenge, and it was overturned. And for the record, I have no problem with uh, Lindy Ruff, you know, former Ranger assistant, challenging this play here. I mean, I know that there's only about 10 minutes or so to go, and it's 4 nothing. you're probably not going to win, but you have to do this. I mean, you're, you're trying to win the game, and you never know what can happen. I mean, crazier things have happened in hockey 
than uh, one team scoring four goals in 10 minutes. So, yeah, I mean, he did what he had to do. It's just unfortunate that, uh, you know, Krasov didn't get to get his first career goal there, but he seemed to handle it well, just kind of, like we talked about in the intro, just kind of smiled and shrugged on the bench, and there will be more. You know, he, he's been close a couple of times already this season, and sooner or later uh, he's going to crack the score sheet, or, or rather score his first goal in one of these next few games here. The only other thing I want to talk about here is how the Rangers might handle their goaltending situation over the weekend because it is a back-to-back. And, you know, it's funny because going into this game, I didn't realize Igor Shesterkin was going to have another shutout. By that same token, I wasn't necessarily all that surprised when he did because he's been playing very well recently. And you're playing the Devils who, you know, have struggled to score goals and struggled to do just about everything else recently. But I figured going into this game that Igor would get this game tonight and then you would maybe look to go with Georgiev on Saturday and then go back to Igor on Sunday. My thinking behind this was that if Georgiev was to win his game on Saturday, then you've won all three games and you're going back to Igor Shesterkin on Sunday looking for the four-game sweep. If Georgiev falters and the Devils happen to claim the win on Saturday, then once again, you can go back to Igor Shesterkin and put your best foot forward and do everything you can to make sure that you win three out of four games in this series, which was the goal coming in. At least that's the goal that I threw out there uh, on this podcast. But I did not realize that Igor Shesterkin was going to post his second consecutive shutout. And now that he has, I mean, do you really want to pull him off the ice for the next game? I mean, I almost feel like you have to go back to the well one more time and uh, ride the hot goalie. And who's to even say that Georgiev will start either one of these games? I mean, I'd like to see it happen because I like Georgiev. But man, Igor Shesterkin's on fire right now. And as we talked about in a recent episode, however many games Igor Shesterkin plays this season, it's going to be far less than he's going to play in a typical regular season for the Rangers. A, because he missed three weeks due to an injury. And B, because this is a 56-game regular season. So do the math. He's not going to have as many games this year as he will in seasons going forward. Uh, But it's an interesting situation. I think at this point, after Igor posted the second straight shutout here, I got to see if he can go three for three, man. Throw him back out there on Saturday and see what he can do. And then uh, if he gets the win, I mean, probably go to Georgiev on Sunday. But I wouldn't even rule out, you know what, I... It's a tough call. It's a really tough call because not only would Igor Shesterkin then be playing back-to-back games in back-to-back days, but he'd be playing three games in four days and... I don't know. It probably wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to give him a breather and let Alex Georgiev get a start. And not only that, but then just two days later, you've got a game against the Islanders. And then two games after that, you have two games against the Flyers. And those are back-to-back. So it's the schedule's really dense. Yeah, probably a good idea to give Igor Shesterkin one of these two games off against the New Jersey Devils here, uh, despite what, how well he's played recently. We'll see how the Rangers look to play it. They have some good options right now because even Georgiev has played very well recently. So... Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how they look to roll. But uh, that's going to pretty much do it for tonight, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed that win as much as I did. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.